0: This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network.
1: Good evening, and welcome to episode 20 of the Animaniacast.
2: Darth
3: Vader? No. Yeah, that's
1: what I was about to say. No, let's try that again. Welcome. That was my Alfred Hitchcock impression.
0: <laughs> Let
1: me try it again. I think it was the breathing at the end. I, just... I know, right? Good, e- no. Good evening. And welcome to... I no, can't even do it now. Here we go. I'm going to do it seriously. Here we go. Oh. Alfred Hitchcock impression. Go. Good evening. And welcome to episode 20 of the cast. That's my horrible Alfred Hitchcock impression. it's not
2: the episode.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. And welcome to the Animaniacast, and I'm sorry for that horrible impression. We are a podcast that is dedicated to the animated television series Animaniacs. Each and every week, we revisit a different episode of the series in the order in which it was released, discussing all the cultural references, all the gags, and uh, we share our memories of when we first watched the episode and what we think about the episode right now. In the end, we give each and every episode a water tower rating, and this one might get some high water towers, by the way. Joining me once again is my brother, Nathan. Hi, Mom. <laughs> and across the country in Georgia is Kelly. Hello. Hello. Well, we are here and we're going to be discussing episode 20 today of Animaniacs. And this is a, a kind of an odd situation, uh let's start first of all with the release date. Nathan, when was this cartoon released. originally released?
2: It was released on Monday, October 11th, 1993.
1: Okay. So here's the issue that that's kind of weird. On Netflix, it's mm-hmm. it shows this as episode 21.
2: Yeah. So there's people that have watched 21 and now are getting mad at us right now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, as soon as we <laughs> name the episode. Yes.
1: But we're, we're actually discussing the episode 20. Well, on Netflix, it's episode 21, but this is episode 20. It has Hearts of Twilight and the Boyds. So, two very cool. We, I feel, I felt very much like a, uh, a movie you know being a movie lover maybe not you know as much as i should be a cinephile a cinephile there we go being a cinephile uh i feel well at least i feel like a cinephile right now right because mm. we have we had a uh, many different uh things we had uh, the opening of course was the alfred hitchcock kind of opening that yes. he would do and uh alfred hitchcock presents where you show like a oh, what's the, the outline profile the mm. profile the outline of his profile that he would walk into and say, "Good evening." There's my Alfred Hitchcock impression oh, okay. again, uh, except this time <laughs> they said Flamille. And of course, they said Citizen Caney right okay, there yeah. at the end. So, so right from the beginning, <laughs> right from the beginning, we know that this is going to focus on movies, right? Especially Albert Hitchcock in one particular one. Um, guys, what do we think about this episode in a couple, just a few words? Kelly, what about you? What do you think?
3: Freyne Levin. Freyne Levin.
1: <laughs> what? She has spoken Freyne Levin!
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Nathan, what about you?
2: Oh, I love it. I'm just... Uh, it's a classic.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, let's get right into this thing right here. This is an episode that has two it kind of a, it parodies or salutes to movies. Uh, uh, one of them, which is uh, Apocalypse Now, and the other one is The Birds, of course. Let's get right into the first segment. Okay, segment number one was called Hearts of Twilight. It was written by Paul Rugg and directed by Alfred Jimeno. Kelly, this is one of your favorites, I know. It is. Can you tell us a basic synopsis? What happens in Hearts of Twilight?
3: The... Animaniacs have been summoned by the Chairman Thaddeus Plotts to go and stop the director from making his movie. He's gone crazy. He's gone over budget. They've sent accountants over there to the studio to stop him, and they they've disappeared. They haven't returned. So it's up to the Warner Brothers and the Warner Sister to you know delve deep into the the heart of the studio yes. and find a way to get the director to stop making his movie.
1: <laughs> and they and they, of course they have to find they they help the director find an ending to this film. Yeah. Cuz I guess that was the only problem we really had. He just couldn't find that ending and the Warner's being such helpful <laughs> helpful kids. <laughs> they help him out. They have a great idea. Very so. forcefully, I would say. <laughs> well, yes, this is a very a cool episode. It has of course Many references to uh, the the movie Apocalypse Now, which, to be fair and honest, everybody none of us have actually yeah, seen. Sorry,
2: listeners. <laughs>
1: but I did. I, I will say that I, I did pull up the movie last night and I fast-forwarded to key moments, and uh, I did see you know to get the you know reference points, which was cool to see. Uh, and I know, Kelly, you've actually read the original book, right? Heart of Darkness?
3: I did. I, I, I'm i an English major. Yay. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> when I was in college, I, I think, it, I guess it was a British literature class. Mm-hmm. And uh, we read Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad. And it wasn't until I read that in college and I I don't know. I don't know if it's the final line of the book, but one of the the last lines of the book is the horror, the horror, and <laughs> then it it's like this light bulb came on in my head, and I immediately I was like, "Heart of Darkness, Hearts of Twilight, the horror, the oh my goodness, I finally made the connection. It took years, and I I was like, I understand the episode on a whole new level now. I'm, you know, I was so excited. It made my day. Very it, cool. It just made everything everything in my life. At that moment, it made
1: sense. <laughs> well, let's get into depth of of what happens in this particular cartoon. Um, as Kelly mentioned, uh, the, it starts off with uh, them kind of Theodore plots talking to um, what Thaddeus. I'm Thaddeus. I'm sorry. I, you know what? <laughs> this is a good point to point out. Mm-hmm. I have said Theodore plots in a different episode at least twice, and nobody corrected me at least twice. And I was I did
3: listen- silently. I oh
1: silently, my gosh! Sure you gotta that. get in front thaddeus is such a weird name i heard myself later in editing i said theodore plots and then i said theodore plots again i'm like no it's not theodore it's thaddeus what's wrong with me you should have just dubbed it over yeah let's try this again in fact yes let's try this again (laughs) cut take two not editing this out the thaddeus Mm. thaddeus (laughs) plots is talking to a couple other executives and he's showing this uh he actually ends up showing a map to the Warners, right? Mm-hmm. About how they need to go from here to here to uh, stage 64, I believe it was. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to check that map and see if that's actually the Warner Brothers lot. And, uh, it's a pretty rough, uh, est- it kind of looks like it. In fact, uh, they- so you could tell that they actually referenced the, the real map of the Warner Brothers studio. So that was cool to see. um, in the original movie, uh, they're running over some of the. Uh, uh, they they're talking to uh, oh oh gosh not Charlie Sheen but his father is Martin Sheen Aha. Martin Sheen is in Apocalypse Now, and they're talking to him and uh, uh, about this uh, this general who's gone crazy in the jungle and you, we need to go have you go out and uh, terminate him with extreme prejudice is what they say. Um, I think in the original book, Kelly, didn't they say, like, he he apparently didn't have to kill this guy, but capture him or something like that, right?
3: I don't remember. (laughs) It's been a really long time since I've read it.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, in the the movie, they turn on this little tape recorder, like, we intercepted this transmission. And on it, uh, you hear Marlon Brando, who plays uh, the general that he has to go after talking about this snail going across the straight, a- straight edge oh. of a razor blade.
4: It's been verified as Colonel Kurtz's voice. I watched
0: a snail crawl along the edge of a straight razor. That's my dream. It's my nightmare. Crawling, slipping along the edge of a straight razor and
1: surviving. So right away we got the connection right there to uh, the, the Mr. director, director yes, talking Mr. about Uigui was his name.
0: I saw a snail
1: slithering across a railroad track.
4: Gooey was his name. Oh, I ate a bug.
0: Cut, cut. A bug I ate with little wings. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so that was a cool connection right there. By the way, um, the one of the people that's actually talking to Martin Sheen in that scene uh, is Harrison Ford. <laughs> and he plays his character's name is Lucas. So named after George Lucas. He actually picked the name Huh. And uh decided to call himself uh Lucas right there. So I
3: I knew that. Oh, that's
1: cool. <laughs> it's actually I'm such,
3: I'm such a Star Wars nerd. I
1: know, but it's actually <laughs> really cool because um he he just looks like Indiana Jones in that. I mean, it's right before Raiders of the Lost Ark. So he
3: is Indiana Jones. It's, that's
1: true. Mm. Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones. Let's make that very clear but he looks so much like Professor Jones in that. I think he's even wearing glasses in that scene and everything that I'm like, oh my god, it looks like just Indiana Jones is talking about in the same voice of talking about the Ark of the Covenant and everything. It's <laughs> it's very like meta. It's like, whoa, Indy.
4: Your mission is to proceed up the Nung River in a Navy patrol boat. <clears throat> Pick up Colonel Kurtz's path at New Meng Ba. Follow it. Learn what you can along the way. When you find the Colonel infiltrate his team by <clears throat> whatever means available and terminate the
1: Colonel's command. So, so they're talking to uh, the Warners in the original, in the cartoon and about the same kind of situation. You have to go from here to here. Each one of the Warners has their specialty. Nathan, do you remember what the Warner's specialties were? Yes. Um, Wacko was a specialty with a
2: uh, uh, Hamlet. No wait, no, wait, a hamlet, hammer? Hammer? <laughs> wait, a mallet. Mallet. I was like, a hammer and a mallet is a hamlet.
3: <laughs> to be or not to be.
2: And, uh, Dot was cu- the cuteness. Yes. And Yako, of course, had, uh, two paddle balls at once.
1: Yes, exactly. What a great talent that is. <laughs> yeah. I, it made me, uh, <laughs> want to do that too. It's impossible. <laughs> I, I can't even do one paddle ball. Have you, Kelly, have you had any experience with paddle balls at all? It don't have.
3: Yeah, but, but. Oh, yeah, a long time ago.
1: I don't have the manual dexterity to do even one paddle ball. So Yakko definitely a, a talent. I especially liked how Wacko his talent was with the mallet, and he bashes this walnut, yeah. and then eats the mallet.
2: He Eats the mallet, and I think the walnut too, because the walnut's not on the table afterwards. So I think he <laughs> just eats everything.
1: Well, he was very hungry in this particular episode. I mean, mm. he's even wanting to eat the the donut. I think that the director spit out yeah. on the floor.
0: You <laughs> are you gonna eat that?
1: And uh, they, of course, like right at the beginning, they they uh, mention two people.
0: Any questions? Oh, 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 oh. Do you think I'd look cute as a blonde? Why did cuts pooh? Who's chubbier, Perry Mason or Scotty on Star Trek?
1: Uh, these are two deceased actors right now, so kids today watching would not know who the heck either one of these. Well, maybe Scotty from Star Scotty Trek. I think they would know. Yeah. From- well, not, but the other you, cartoons. That's then, f- all I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, but Perry Mason, of course, was, uh, I mean, he was on back in the sixties, I believe with his, his originally sh- original show, Perry Mason. Then he was back on, I think in the late eighties and early nineties. And, uh, he was, he was definitely a big guy. I, I didn't, I never watched the show myself. Uh, Kelly, how about you? Did you ever watch Perry Mason when he was, I think it was on NBC, I want to say.
3: No, No. I, um, I think my granny did.
1: Yeah, exactly. It was, (laughs) it was definitely a show for the older set because they go, I remember when he was young and (laughs) in black and white. Anyway, (laughs) then of course we're seeing, uh, uh, wacko on the way over to the studio doing tai chi moves mm-hmm. and stuff uh that course- i love
3: that that's so <laughs> that's,
1: I, yeah i love that scene just...
3: i don't understand the point of it but it looks great
1: <laughs> well it was he was doing it on top of the cart it was parodying lance johnson who plays a character of, of sam Bot- bottoms who's doing the same moves on top of a boat in apocalypse now
3: oh now see that makes sense so he
1: there you go. Yeah. We ought to see the movie. So, uh, <laughs> I really
3: should. It's one of those that I'm like, I can't believe it's, I haven't watched it. Yeah. It's on my, my list.
1: Yeah. It's, it's listed on many top 100 lists yeah. as like the movie that you need to, one of the movies you must see, you know? So, so
2: yeah. And that scene where he's doing Tai Chi or whatever, they drive right past Acme Labs or at least the, uh, the scenery of it. Oh, you really? Can see, yeah.
1: That's cool. I a, didn't even notice that. Yeah. It's kind of, like,
2: uh so it's like meta right?
1: yeah totally like where like, they film pinky
2: in the brain yeah, this is where we film pinky in the brain <laughs> Um, well,
3: and they also drive past all the, the rides at the Universal Studios yes. mm-hmm. tour. <laughs> they
1: go into that. Yeah, which is not on the Warner Brothers tour. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> why are they in
2: Universal Studios? <laughs>
1: like, well, it's called... I think they called it the, the Universe... Yeah, the Universe Studios. <laughs> or, yeah, tour. So they can't say Universal. But, yeah, they go past King Kong, an earthquake ride, and like a an Old West kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, yes, that's part of the... Well, at least... In one incarnation or another. They changed them up uh, in Universal Studios for many different reasons. Yeah, there
2: was a fire. Yeah, Yeah, I was going to
1: say, usually the reason they close down stuff at Universal Studios Hollywood is because it burns down, unfortunately. Yeah. They used to have, I remember it was such a bummer when the Back to the Future 2 set burned down. And uh, it was in one fire. And then they had a separate fire about... 10 years ago, I want to say, where the King Kong ride burned down.
2: Like, uh, Backtrap. That used to be that. Did that burn down? Because that would be ironic. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't know. Like, I just... I think Backtrap was after... No, unfor- no, Backtrapped is up the hill. <laughs> okay. So, it was not down in there. Because that would have been very... Ironic. Yes. But well, we've actually been... We've mentioned this before, but Nathan and I have actually been on the real Warner Brothers Studio mm-hmm. tour. And it did not have King Kong. <laughs> it did not have King Kong, or, or at least back then. I mean, this was like... 15 years ago, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. So, it, back then, it didn't have... Of course, it doesn't have any rides, but it was much more of a, you're on a real working set. and yeah. They uh, they drove us past George Clooney, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of any other stars I, I remember off the top of my head. Uh, but, you know, we got to see Toy the Friends. Soldiers. <laughs> Toy Soldiers. We got to see where they filmed Friends. Mm, we got yeah. to see Central oh, Perk. Cool. And, uh, and uh, yeah... That nobody was, you know, making anything then, but we got to watch go into the empty studio. Yeah. So, you know, I really suggest going into checking those out if you're in the LA area and you have like a, a you know, an extra day uh, for anybody out there to to check out some of the studio tours. Uh, NBC has has one, I believe. We've gone on that a few times. Uh mm, yeah. <laughs> We've hung out. We've hung out in, hang out in uh, Salem Place, which I don't think is around anymore for the days of our lives, people and uh
3: oh, i used to watch that
1: uh, yeah <laughs> they, they used to you know the little shopping center outside where they would always show them like uh in salem place and yeah uh, that was a real like you could just you could actually order food yeah you could eat there you could eat in oh, salem wow. place yeah it was just an outside thing right out, right outside by the gift shop with salem place And, uh, yeah, my mom was a huge Days of Our Lives fan, and uh, that's one of the only reasons we we went to the NBC tour a lot.
2: Yeah, that's why she's listening now. That's why I said hi,
1: Mom. (laughs) No.
2: (laughs)
3: Hi. My mom used to watch it, and, and I hadn't watched it in years and years since I was in school. And every so often, I'd I'd catch myself picking up an episode that she was watching. And I'd be like, it's the same exact people, and this, they're having the same exact storylines. Like
1: yep. Nothing mm-hmm. ever
3: changes on e- this show.
1: Every now and then, I'll still like, you know, watch like 10 minutes of an episode just to see, oh, I remember him. What's going on with that character?
3: And yeah. you don't feel like you've missed anything, nope. do you? Yeah,
1: I really don't. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. What was going on last time I saw them about five yeah. years ago? <laughs>
3: The only thing that ever changes is, like, the kids grow up, like, 20 years over a year. Yes. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. They were a baby last time I saw them. They
1: usually go off for vacation or, like, oh. you know, they're, <laughs> yeah. like, nine years old. They're like, okay, have fun at uh, camp. And then they come back and they're 20. Mm-hmm. And they have, like, you know, all of a sudden relationship issues. and Yeah. Oh, so I'm, I'm cool gonna going to have a
2: it. kid. <laughs> and that kid's going to be 20 next year. <laughs>
1: It's very weird, but anyway, yes, check those tours out the The people who were very panicky in this episode with about the the horror the mm-hmm. horror of the prices of the tour that seems reasonable, yeah, I looked at the price ago twenty seven is not that bad actually, yeah, I mean <laughs> oh, like...
3: no, that's good. <laughs> I'll
1: go on a tour of a studio for twenty seven fifty <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, uh, but yes, oh, and I've saved up enough disney d v d points to go on the disneyland uh Burbank tour. Which I'm totally excited about. I, I bet that costs more than $27.50. Probably. <laughs> anyway, moving on. So, they mentioned a, a, a few other references here. They mentioned the Amazing Kreskin. Uh, do you, have you ever seen or heard of the Amazing Kreskin before, Kelly?
3: I've heard of him. Uh, sort of like a, a magician. or Yeah. A- fortune teller kind of thing
1: yeah he used to be i think on johnny carson a few times Uh, again a a reference i think people used to kind of say who are you the amazing kreskin a lot on on Mm -hmm. cartoons and tv shows a lot in the early 90s and late 80s when people actually knew who he was
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's Um, not a
1: joke they would make now no not today uh so i i remember as a kid not even really knowing who the amazing kreskin was i just had to ask my dad like who is he and he's like Always on Johnny Carson a lot <laughs> um, now they the Warners go to the studio right before they go into the studio this crazy hippie guy comes out and he's going man he's just talking like that I had no mm-hmm. idea who that who that guy is uh, he's a parody of Dennis Hopper from Apocalypse now Freund Levin,
0: Freund Levin, Freund Levin, Freund Levin. stop with the chanting. Bravo! Encore! Faboo! Did you choreograph that? Oh, you should be very proud.
4: Who are you that have come here, man?
0: We're here to stop the director from making his movie. (laughs) Stop him, man. Whoa, wrong,
4: wrong. You know what he is, man? He's the thinker, the tinker, the plotter, the planner, the genius, man. What in France? They don't know. He's king there, man. Comedy's his crown. He rules with funny words. Funny words like Freund Levin. He doesn't have his ending, man. And you're going to stay in there till he finds his ending.
1: And I I, I honestly was looking at him going, I don't know who this guy is supposed to be. He, He almost looked like Charles Manson to me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, was like,
3: I, I love him. though was a character. I, I, the guy has always entertained me so much.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, his his lines do really stand out as, um, as some of the best in the in the episode. Um, just the he has spoken spoken for Laven is is definitely one of mine.
3: And then he talks like Yoda, and we should let them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we should
3: let. Did y'all catch that? Did you catch that? Because I caught it. <laughs> I was there. I saw it. <laughs> Hey.
4: Nobody sees the director unless they know
3: the
0: password. Levin. Levin. Would it be Freund Leven, Freund Leven? Freund Leven? Freund Leven. Whoa.
4: They have spoken. Freund Leven. Go in. We should let them.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, no wonder you like him so much. Not only is he kind of just a <laughs> funny guy, but he's talking like Yoda.
3: Well, that and, and when uh, Dot asked them to let let them out of the cagey, wagey, and he's yeah. like, you're weirdness on me, man, you're, you're cute weirdness, you got this whole weird cute thing going on. And
2: <laughs> I'm like, I like it, yeah, he's like self-aware of it, but still he can't help, but.
3: <laughs> I love it.
1: Uh, yeah, and the I don't know who those other people were, uh, the assi- I don't know if those are assistant directors or. Whomever those other people Just were. Writers reading. of the show or something. Yeah. I yeah. thought
3: they were the missing accountants.
1: Oh, oh those well, the missing accountants? Idea, yeah. Maybe that's it. I I'm going to go with that theory. Because well, you saw
3: how they were dressed. They, and they I mean, they took their ties off and wrapped them around their heads. Yes. And, you know, maybe you kind of see the remnants of, of suits and ties. So I, I figured they were the missing account. Gotcha.
1: So these were the people that were probably sent originally to co- go tell the director that he's over budget and he needs to stop the film. And they and never they returned. They never returned. They got sucked into the director's uh, genius. Because, of course. Fort
3: Laven. for Laven. <laughs>
1: Well, he is a genius in France. Is, is He's is the
3: thinker, the tinker, the plotter, the planner, the genius, man.
1: <laughs> well, this scene is very similar to uh, a scene from Apocalypse By the way, Now. Oh,
3: I'm sorry. Oh, By yeah. the way, mm-hmm. I, I use that line to describe the best director ever sometimes. Oh,
1: of course.
3: Just, just letting you know that. That
1: is a very accurate description of Steven Spielberg, yes. I <laughs> think so. Well, this scene is actually very, very similar to. Uh, the scene from Apocalypse Now, where Martin Sheen is trapped in a bamboo cage, and Dennis Hopper is going up to him, uh, kind of giving him water from a, a like a one of those little gourds or something like that, and uh, he's he's just talking about how Marlon Brando's character, the General, is a genius, and he's just mm. you know,
4: there's something happening out here, man. You know something, man? I know something that you don't know. That's right, Jack. The man is clear in his mind. But his soul is mad. Oh, yeah. He's dying, I think. He hates all this. He hates it. But the man's, uh... He reads poetry out loud, all right? And a voice. A voice. He likes you because you're still alive. He's got plans for you. No, no. I'm not going to help you. You're going to help him, man. You're going to help him. I mean, what are they going to say, man, when he's gone, huh? Because he dies when it dies, man. When it dies, he dies. What are they going to say about him? What are they going to say? He was a kind man. He was a wise man. He had plans. He had wisdom. Am I going to be the one that's going to set them straight? Look at me wrong.
1: It was really cool to see the similarities between those two characters. The movie itself is called The Wretched Clown. mm Um this is a connection to one of Jerry Lewis's films, which he has shut away until I believe after he dies. He does not want anyone to see uh this movie. He's called The Day the Clown Cried.
2: No, some of it's been released, right? Yeah.
1: It was like some of it I I, it was uh kind of leaked, kind of sort of Mm -hmm. recently. Um it I think it's a foreign version of the film. Okay. Um Everyone thought it was just this horrible movie because it was, I believe, over budget. Mm. And most importantly, a film that has a very weird (laughs) premise where Jerry Lewis, who directed the movie, is dressed like a clown. And he entertains uh, children who are being led to the gas chambers in uh, the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. So, that right there, the concept itself sounds very dark and not funny at all. Not funny ha-ha. Not funny ha-ha or ho-ho or uh-oh even. Yeah. <laughs> so, that right there, um, I've never seen Life is Beautiful, but that to me kind of...
3: Yeah, that's what I was just thinking yeah. about. No, that's a wonderful film.
1: Yeah. See, that's, that's the movie that gets it done right. And then yeah. perhaps Jerry Lewis just couldn't really get the concept down right. I don't know. Well, because
3: it doesn't make it funny, but it you know the the father, the character, um, you know, it shows him trying to make the most of of uh, you know really terrible situation and, mm-hmm. and trying to keep his son upbeat and and um, so it's it's really it's touching and poignant and um, and the, you know the beginning of it it's, it's great. It kind of got a little bit of love story in there. and, and Yeah. Um, I mean, it's all in Italian, so you have to read the subtitles. Yeah. But uh, Yeah.
2: It's funny, too. I mean, for where yeah. when it is funny, it's funny. And then when it's sad, it's sad. You know, they do a good job of. Yeah.
3: Yeah, because he he falls in love with this woman and he calls her Principessa, <laughs> you know, the princess, and you know he's just trying to woo her and it's just it's cute. It's 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 cute for what it is, and um, but it's definitely really heart wrenching at the same time. Yeah,
1: I remember R- Roberto Benigni won the Oscar and he's just like <laughs> jumping on top of people. That was like one of the best Oscar exceptions. Yeah, except I, I think
3: speeches. that was the year Saving Private Ryan or uh, Spielberg won Best yes. Director for Saving Private Ryan. It
1: too. was, I know. Ah, you- see?
3: <laughs> There
1: you go. Yeah. Bring it back
3: around. There he
1: goes. (laughs) Well, when we first get into see the director, he's talking about ooey gooey, (laughs) and he's shot in shadows, Um, and he's bald. Yeah, he's shaved (laughs) his head since last time, and he's gained a lot of weight. Gained a lot of weight. And this is in reference to Marlon Brando's character in Apocalypse Now. Marlon Brando wanted to be shot in shadows, in, in kind of like darkness, um, And I was watching some of the film last night when Marlon Brando was speaking. And yeah, it's just showing him like in and out of the light. It's really kind of trippy watching him. And uh Francis Ford Coppola was very upset when he saw that Marlon Brando came to the set very overweight. He gained <laughs> a lot of weight. And uh Marlon Brando, I guess, and, and Francis Ford Coppola did not get along together. Uh, which is kind of surprising because um, they had previously worked together on The Godfather. um, But I guess just Marlon Brando was very, very hard to work with uh, in Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now, just like this movie with the director, went way over budget, way over time. Uh, I think it was originally scheduled to be just a few weeks uh, but it it yeah it says according to IMDb, IMDb. Try this again. IMDb hey, trivia, trivia, trivia. <laughs> Shooting was originally scheduled for just six weeks, but in the end, it took sixteen months to film this movie. Wow! And Francis Ford Coppola was going crazy. He had he threatened suicide multiple times uh there's just a, a lot of crazy stuff he lost ton- the Francis Ford Coppola like t- lost tons of weight um there's actually a movie called Hearts of Darkness which is a documentary about the making of Apocalypse Now that was released in 1991 so it seems like some of this particular cartoon is not just a reference to Apocalypse Now but in reference to that movie, that documentary that hmm. came out just a couple of years before this cartoon. So, again, <laughs> this is kind of a blend of many different references yeah. all around the place for just this very short seven, eight-minute cartoon. <laughs> I know. I wish it was longer. It, was like... <laughs> it really did seem like they could have gone a little bit further with it. I could have it? watched 30 minutes of it, I think. Just... Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, of course, at the very end, the, the director is having trouble. If He can't find the ending. He won't stop until they find the ending. So <laughs> the Warners help him with that, with the giant mallet and squish him. And he says, the hurting, the hurting. <laughs> uh, and that wraps it up. Well, that's our in-depth kind of yeah. thing. But let's go go into your favorite moments uh let's start with you nathan what were some of your favorite lines um, favorite moments of this cartoon? i love
2: the song
1: that the uh the doors basically uh <laughs> parody of, yeah
2: which was also that's also an apocalypse now kind of reference right that's at the beginning yes and ending of apocalypse now yeah
1: and the in the beginning of apocalypse now it starts off with uh this is the end you know that uh that door song
2: mm, i'm not it's gonna sing the it. end but
1: yeah yeah they play <laughs> at the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie yeah, but it's just funny this is the beginning the beginning of our, and then the <clears> middle
2: and just, yeah it's as soon as that song plays i'm like I, my my memories go back to young young in days <laughs> when you when it was everyone
1: was cool listening to the doors
2: well, i guess i just remembered this episode so. oh this episode <laughs> In particular,
1: <laughs> I was just remember like listening to the greatest hits albums of the Doors, which I know the Doors are. If you buy a greatest hits album, that's for housewives and little girls, mm-hmm. which, if you know what the reference that is to, no? No. Kids no. in the Hall. No, never uh, mind.
2: I think I remember that, now.
1: <laughs> All the-
3: I know from Kids in the Hall is I crush your head. <laughs>
1: yeah, I squish <miss> you. <laughs> I <miss> you. <laughs> Bruce McCullough had this character that was like a, a big Doors fan, and he was like, Greatest hits albums are for housewives and little girls. Uh, anyway, but it kind of, re- the Jim Morrison voice sounded a lot like uh, Perry Coma to me, actually. Espe- especially, especially, I'm having trouble talking this evening, especially at the end where he's like, the ending, the ending, <laughs> the ending. You got, I guess, the yeah, the <laughs> good. Uh, you got stuck on his record right there in his brain, but uh, that was cool. But, um, <clears throat> Kelly, what about you?
3: Oh, I, I just, I pretty much loved all of it, but uh, <laughs> I really did like the the, the foreign-laving guys and, uh-huh. and the cute weirdness, and I saw a snail slithering across the railroad track. Uy-Gooey was his name. <laughs> oh, oh, and I haven't mentioned this. I mentioned it before we started recording it, but yes. <laughs> when uh, they sort of, like, appear and then move really quick and... How?
0: How'd you? With the going, you were there, but here now, you are for me to see. How'd you do? You understand any of that? I think he said, how you? How'd you? With the going, you were there, but here now, you are for me to see. How'd you do? Thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> i
1: i i i love that line um that's definitely that's definitely one of my favorite lines in this um that along i think wacko is incredibly funny in this this episode yeah actually he was very good. um but uh that particular one made me really laugh out loud and then I showed the episode again at my school today at lunch, and uh one of the kids was just watching it and she's watching it next to me wacko says that, and she just starts laughing and she goes, those kids are funny <laughs> These kids. <laughs> those kids those those Warner kids.
3: I just well like... what's so great about the episode is um, that you can enjoy it with zero context as to what it's a parody of Totally. Um, of a parody or you know, of a story and um or it's a it's a parody of a movie that's based on a book. Right, loosely. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly.
2: Or a parody of the making of a movie. The, yeah.
1: yeah. You know. Either way, <laughs> either way, you can totally go through this cartoon as a kid and just say, "Okay, it's it's a funny cartoon," and just oh, leave yeah. it at that. Yeah. But um, but it, but that's what really I think sets this episode uh apart from from some of the other Animaniacs episodes is that it's enjoyable on multiple levels. I, um, I
3: really think it's one of the cleverest. Yes, it's, it's mm-hmm. really, really, you know, like you said, you can enjoy it on multiple levels, and it's it's just really clever and, and hits all the right notes.
1: And and again, kind of daring. I think we've talked about this before. Um, how I think Paul Rugg has done this many, a few times in in previous episodes that he's written, where he writes it at not. To kids necessarily, but Mm. to adults who just have a kid's sense of humor. Um, then that way it hits both of them because, um, and I, I do remember watching this a little bit and my dad kind of look, you know, it's, it's one of those situations where I I remember my dad walking in and going, Oh, it's, that's a parody of this. And I'm going, Huh? Like, I don't know what (laughs) you're talking about. (laughs) I don't care about that, but. I mean, he would do that often with Animaniacs. I mean, we were talking to Maurice LaMarche when we met him and saying how uh, my dad came in and said, oh, the, the brain, that's hilarious. That's a, a parody of Orson Welles. And I'm saying, who's Orson Welles? What's that? Guy? Cause Who I'm just... are you, sir? <laughs> but uh, I, it's just cool to see those things. So, yes, uh, an episode, definitely one of the classics uh, and I, much more enjoyable, I think, for me even now as an adult than when i was a kid i think i don't yeah. know i just because i think i i i i see those references more and i can appreciate them more so well with that i think we're ready to move on to segment two this is maurice
4: lamarche the voice of squid the pigeon from the good feathers and animaniacs and you're listening to the animaniac cast don't hit me pesto
1: And our second segment is called The Boyds. The Boyds was written by Deanna Oliver and directed by Michael Gerard. And Nathan, what basically happens here in The Boyds? So we're following The Boyds, the pigeons,
2: and they're going to be in the movie The Boyds, which is perfect because they are Boyds. <laughs> Lousy, stinking Boyds. Disgusting Boyds.
0: He keeps Boyds Dirty, disgusting Filthy lice-ridden boids.
2: So, uh, yeah, they're they're boids. They're going to be in the movie, which is a a refer- uh a kind of a takeoff of the birds from Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, they're stunt doubles for birds, and they get hurt a lot in this episode. Yes. Being the stunt
1: doubles, you know that's gonna happen
2: um, and we get to see lots of scenes from the birds, the movie hmm um and uh yeah, it's a fun little movie in the end, they decide they had their fifteen minutes of fame and now they're out basically they're one day in the
1: spotlight's enough, yes, uh, well, what did you guys think about this particular cartoon this the 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 Boyds? what do you think like it? Um, I saw
2: the birds, so I liked all the, uh, scenes that I was like, oh, I remember that scene in the birds.
1: Yeah, it did pick (laughs) up a lot of key scenes from the movie. Uh, I can't really remember the last time I have seen the birds. It was definitely one of those, it was definitely, definitely one of those times (laughs) where, uh, I was probably flipping channels and it was on Turner Classic movies, I'm assuming. And, uh, uh, I just sat down to watch it because I heard so much about it. And I remember (laughs) not being that scared. I believe yeah. Albert Hitchcock had a huge uh fear of birds. There's there's certain things that you know in college that you you know college professors who who are cinéphiles uh mm-hmm. will talk to us and say Albert Hitchcock had these particular themes in all of his movies. You know the police are uh inept, uh the women are in trouble and usually blonde mm-hmm. <laughs> and some things like birds, like Albert Hitchcock apparently had a huge fear of birds. And, uh, so this is why, uh, he chose this subject. Um, Kelly, any, any particular moments that you liked of this cartoon?
3: I, I just liked it overall. I, um, it's been a long time since I have seen the, the birds, but, uh, as, as we've already said, it does seem to, uh, recall several scenes in, in the movie. And, you know, I kind of like the way they they animated Tippy Hedron, and you know, it's because one of like it's one of like the real more more accurate depictions they've had of a of a real person on the show. Yeah, um, it's not too much of a caricature, I don't think, and um, uh, I. I just I liked the the costumes that the good pigeons or the good <laughs> feathers were in, yes, because they were just so ridiculous looking. And, yes, um, and I realized once the episode ended, it kind of reminded me a little bit. I was a an extra for one day in um, Hunger Games: Catching Fire. Oh, cool! Hmm. And um, I kind of felt like the same as they did. It's like, okay, yeah, that was that was fun one day. That that's good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> Have my day in the spotlight, and I'm good to go.
1: <laughs> Are you able to point out yourself like in the movie?
3: I, I can um I was actually in three scenes but you you can only see me very slightly in one it's a crowd shot and somebody moves slightly to the side uh-huh. and you see just my head because uh, I'm very short and yes. so I've, I and I can only see it when I slow motion <laughs> the the uh, the DVD blu-ray whatever so um but i I, I was in a, a place where I could have I could have, should have been seen very prominently because I'm sitting right behind uh, Sam Claflin, who's um, a Finnick. I'm sitting right behind him as he gets uh, uh, reaped Uh uh, with his name drawn and everything. And there's actually a whole bunch of people that were on stage when they filmed that scene, but they really only used a close-up of his face. There's other guys standing around him. We're we're sitting behind him. And uh, they it's like they spent half a morning filming that and they use maybe two seconds.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. I I could definitely see how that could be frustrating, especially as an extra. Uh, Mm -hmm. I know it's, it's frustrating for me just working with middle school kids, having them, (laughs) <laughs> when we're trying to film things because we do a lot of film editing in our class and our drama class and and even for just you know just projects in general and getting kids to understand that you need multiple shots of things and keep it tight and it, it, their kids today don't want to do that they're like no i want to get one and done and that's it and then we move on to the next one it's like wow no we we should not do that because x y and z uh did the now w- when this in the in the film did you actually take the time to say to yourself like okay this is my character and this is who i'm playing or were you just like i'm just in the background and doing my thing
3: i just i tried to you know kind of react or do what i thought uh-huh. my character should do which is <laughs> basically i was a member of uh, one of the districts and so i i tried to look fearful when i felt like i should and i tried to look serious when i thought i should but no they didn't even really give me any kind of direction it did you give yourself like, oh, stand here hmm?
2: did you give yourself like a name or something you know like no oh. I
1: <laughs> yeah i think you should do some fan fiction yeah exactly
3: <laughs> i i have done fan fiction um but not for hunger Games.
1: oh, oh. Well, th- let's go ahead and talk about some of the other things in here. Do- we we're talking about Norman right here in in the Boyd's. Uh, did you guys catch that right there, Norman? Yes. Who that? No, really, no. Yes. Anything? Okay, Norman. tell them Kelly who's who's Norman. Psycho. Psycho. Ah, see, Psycho. I've never seen Psycho. You never
2: seen Psycho? Yeah, that's the one I've never seen, which is another. You've seen the birds, but you have not seen Psycho. Yeah, and I was frightened by the birds.
3: That one's even been remade, and there's been a TV yeah, show. Yeah, but and
2: I heard the remake wasn't as good as the original.
3: It never is. No.
2: See? So then I was like, well, I guess. And
1: there's also sequels to Psycho as well, which I've seen at least Psycho 2, I believe, which was horrible. Horrible movie. I think I saw the it with. The
3: horror. The horror. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I saw it with riff tracks, though, so it wasn't oh, that, that, that bad. Was and, and speaking of riff tracks, there's a great riff tracks that would connect with this. Nathan, do you know what I'm thinking of? No. Oh, Birdemic. Birdemic. Of course. Birdemic. Which is one of the all-time best uh, horrible recent <laughs> kind of rip-offs of the oh. of the, of the yeah. birds. Bad. I saw
3: a sci-fi original movie, or a siffy, as sometimes we call it, <laughs> uh, a siffy original movie of, um, I, I guess it was called K.A.W.? Call? Uh-huh. I think it was about um, crows or something. But the only reason I watched that was because Sean Patrick Flannery was in it. And I, you know, young Indiana Jones. Oh yes. So I, I, I've seen like everything he's in and it's most of it's really bad. <laughs> well,
1: uh, yeah. Gotta see, you gotta see birdemic as well, especially with riff tracks. Yeah. Because, uh, are it's just, it, I still quote the movie or at least the riffs <laughs> with my wife constantly. Um, there's another reference here to The Shining. Did you guys catch it? I did not.
3: No, I missed that one.
1: Okay, so in the, the scene where uh, Pesto and uh, the crow, which is a very like Jack Nicholson uh, in, in, impersonation.
0: Are you laughing at me? Are you laughing at me? Yeah, I'm
4: laughing at you because you're the victim of self-delusion. And I think it's
0: funny. See if you think this is funny, you big wing ding! Here comes Johnny!
1: He throws the crow down, and the crow's head goes through the door, just like Jack Nicholson did in The Shining. And I thought that was cool. I can see that
2: now. All right, yeah, when he said, here comes Johnny, I was wondering if it was... Yes,
1: yeah, so that that was a neat little reference. It was, And it was cool to see, like, a... Some Jack Nicholson stuff going on, who was a, you know, up and coming star at the time in the 60s, like in Little Shop of Horrors and stuff like that. Uh, the, with that, I think, I mean, that right there, cool send ups to the birds. Yeah. Um. Again, nice to see like before and after, especially if you know the scenes that they're talking about, like going through the chimney, mm-hmm. uh, landing on the the jungle gym kind of behind Tippy Hendred and crashing to... into the phone booth yeah that was really cool that's a really powerful scene in the movie <laughs> uh and you, i kept thinking to myself when i was watching the good feathers here like i wonder how many times in the actual movie the birds the i, I think they did have some robotic birds I'm pretty sure they did um but how many birds actually might have been hurt or killed yeah i know i was thinking that t- i was getting kind of sad i was like oh all these yeah, because you're watching The Good Feathers. You're like, yeah, it's a, just a cartoon. But at the same time, you're like, well, back in the 60s, did they really use stump birds? I mean, they didn't use stump birds. But so like, what did they do? It, uh. Ho- hopefully they didn't run over birds at the end. Like, they did yeah, um, I think that's a which was a very painful moment. <laughs> it's just like I was watching with my wife last night and she just says, and they're dead. <laughs> Because it didn't look like they would, like, and they just kind of parked
2: on top of just them too. They just sat there for yeah. a moment. I was like,
1: "Oh, it's not like a quick like." <laughs> it was much more than just a cartoon flattening for them this mm-hmm. episode. So yes, I could see why the the good feathers gave up show business. <laughs> uh, so, I think it's. Was- that's about it for this episode, right? Is there any yeah. other? Things I mean, they
2: had the uh, taxi driver references again and yes. stuff like that. Um,
1: Whenever Bobby's around, you're yeah. always going to get that. You talking to me, or am mm-hmm. I? Am I talking to me? As yeah. he was saying, <laughs> this one after getting pummeled a few times. Exactly. It's. uh But they didn't have the. um That's it again. I keep <laughs> missing those. I did. I did like the part with this one where he just kicks. <laughs> he just kicks him.
0: Us stars gotta put up with stuff like this all the time. Hey, Bobby knows this industry. <clears throat> hey, what I do? Nothing. I just felt like whacking something. Yeah, I like that, too. He
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, doesn't need a reason to... <laughs> yeah. Just knock him over. Uh, so, good stuff uh, with them. Um, I think we're ready to go to our Water Tower rating. <laughs> Nathan. Oh boy. Let's start with you. How many water towers out of five would mm. you give this episode of Animaniacs? Uh, I just,
2: I wish I liked the episode <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> no, I, I, I'll go with five. The, I mean, I would want the Boyds to be shorter and Hearts of Darkness to be longer, but I, I mean, I enjoyed them both. So I, I, you know, I can't. I can't say
1: anything bad enough to make it a four and a half, so I'm gonna say five. There you go. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna go with five as well. I'm saying five stars. Five water towers, I mean Oh, we did high five. Well we had our fives and we just <laughs> smashed them together.
2: <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> Kelly, I'm I'm in anticipation, what are you gonna give this episode?
3: i got to give it five, too. It's one of my all-time favorites. Yay! Woo! We gave it five, triple fives. Triple
1: fives. Triple fives. <laughs> <Yeah>. First time <laughs> on the podcast. Wow. All fives. We were in total agreement. Highest so far. I feel far. like there should
3: be, like, flashing lights. I know. Yeah. Like loud we did noises. It. This and, is... Oh, and confetti. Don't we worry. Can...
1: I'm putting them in right now. Oh, excuse me. In we... post-production.
0: Ooh, whoa, whoa. Oh, I you love can't...
1: it. <laughs> you can't hear... the
0: Listen oh, to all that. We stuff. did it.
1: We don't have you to do. You get a
3: five, and you get a five. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: exciting.
2: We don't have to do any more episodes now because okay. we did it. We no, but
1: watch this and stop. There you go. See that oh. cool? I just made the sound stop like that and mm. post. Oh, the magic of post production. So, we'll anyway. do some more episodes then. <laughs> what were you saying, Kelly? Housefield Beard.
3: Housefield
1: Okay. Well. Let's go ahead and get to our Twitter poll results from last week.
0: Hello again, it's your friendly announcer with your AniminiCast Twitter poll results. I'm speaking to you live from Paincot Palace's um, sauna, I believe. Uh, this is, a, it must be a sauna. It's really hot, and uh, there's lots of uh, interesting people around here, including this gentleman over here. What were you saying, sir? Call my ma! Call him, ma! Call my ma. All right, I will call her as soon as I am done with this, sir. Thank you very much. Now then, listeners were asked, which of these Pinky the Brain cartoons is your favorite? Hashtag Animaniacs, hashtag poll. With 8%, people said, We're Rodents Dare. Twenty-three percent said it was win big. Twenty-seven percent said it was battle for the planet. But the winner of today's poll was Pavlov's Mice, which got 42 percent of the vote. Well, there you are. And uh, I think it's about time for me to leave. They're trying to give me some sort of fruit punch. No, thank you. I'm not thirsty. Thank you very much. Uh, All right, back to the studio.
1: Well, which of those four Pinky the Brain episodes, cartoons, I should say, do you like the most? Kelly, let's start with you. you, Which one of those do you like the most?
3: I like Win Big because it's the the Jeopardy parody, and I love Brain and his little outfit that he wears, and it's just funny and cute.
1: I'm going to totally agree with you for exactly those reasons right there. It was the first time we really got to see Pinky and the Brain in action. And I love that suit. I just... I, and I just... Everything about it. It's, it's it's an episode that was shown a lot. Um, and I, it's one of my favorites. Uh, Nathan, what about you? I'm also in agreement. Triple agreement again! Oh my We're gosh! <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I love the
2: Jeopardy scene. And mostly that suit is just hilarious. He gets in that taxi cab and the taxi driver doesn't even seem to care. That- and he
3: gets to keep... He... he. Uh, The host keeps calling him Brian. Brian, yeah.
1: Brian. (laughs) It's brain. (laughs) Okay, with that, it's time for our Twitter poll question for this week. And Nathan, you have it written down over there. I have it written down. So I'm going to have you go for the question. What is this week's question? Uh, I can't read my
2: handwriting. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So this one is the best cold open. So today we had the Alfred Hitchcock opening. Yes. So that's all they there. say. Flamille. Flamil. Uh also we can choose uh to uh do the Gilligan's theme, the Warner Brothers theme song basically. Yeah. Put the seeds up in the air. Mm-hmm. And, and uh the flipper theme song. Yes. Kind of thing. And then also the infamous newsreel of the stars. And if you vote for that, <laughs> you just you're voting to hate me. So just it's Aww. on there, but you know, just We're just going to prove that no one likes it once and for all. I'm not alone. (laughs) Nathan wants that to be 0%.
1: 0%,
2: preferably. So,
1: (laughs) yeah. So, very cool. So, go on over to, uh, sorry, go on over to twitter.com slash Animaniacast or just simply search on Twitter for hashtag Animaniacast poll, and you should see that poll pop right up. And you can vote on it and then make your voice heard. See which cold opening is the best. Well, that's a really cool Twitter poll question, but right now we have some feedback. Feedback. Oh boy. Yeah, that's right. We have a, uh, another review
2: on iTunes here. Um, so I'll read this. It says, uh, the title is, uh, in my opinion, the Animani cast is a pod. And then my, my phone doesn't go any further. <laughs> Um, this was by Mike Westfall. Um, and then his, uh, comment is, Hey, did I do it right? <laughs> and I'm gonna say no, because I couldn't read your, your, this title, but actually,
1: uh, you are entered into the contest. So I don't, yes. So there we go. Uh, I think on my iPhone 6 Plus, it does say, in my opinion, the AnimaniCast is a podcast. Oh, okay. Good. That's even better. Then you definitely did it right. Good job, Mike. Well, sending all those reviews to iTunes, uh, it's relatively easy. I know it's kind of a pain, folks, because not everyone uses iTunes for their podcast stuff. I personally don't even. But it is important to leave those reviews for podcasts like this one if you do enjoy it, because it helps show the podcast to other people who would uh, possibly like it as well. helps give us more visibility And uh, so they'll enjoy it too And it makes us feel good Yeah. Plus you're entered in the contest for a bunch of decals Pinky and the Brain decals The Warner Siblings decals And a decal that says Put a Brain in the White House So go on over to iTunes And find the Animated Cast Leave a quick review We do appreciate so much let's go ahead and go over to contact information oh, so let's go ahead and start with nathan this time nathan where can people go to you they want to say hi to you well last week we talked about it um i
2: decided to paint my uh my boba fett so it's it's gonna be i'm gonna add some blue to it so i'll show you after the show okay but it'll be so i'm back to
1: Django ft at twitter so. Okay, Django FT. I'm looking forward to seeing that uh that yeah, we little t- chalice. We'll talk about it next week. Okay, okay. And uh, Kelly, what about you?
3: You can reach me Kelly at Big Shiny Robot or Yoda Princess, Y O D A P R N C S S on Twitter.
1: Very cool. And uh, of course the AnimaniCast, you can get in contact with us at twitter.com slash We're also on Facebook, and of course retrozap.com slash where you can see not only this episode's show notes, but previous episodes and show notes for those episodes as well. And heck, while you're searching around on RetroZap, go ahead and check out all the different podcasts that we got on there, and all the awesome articles as well. Well, with that, it's time to go. So, on behalf of the Animated Cast with Nathan and Kelly, it's Joey saying good night, everybody. Goodnight, everybody. Good night.
0: The ending. That's the ending. The ending. That's the ending. The ending. The ending. The ending.